guys. Welcome to the Benny Mudra podcast, The Sunday Supper. I'm your host, James Benny. And today we are talking about how to invoke the inner guru, how to trust that inner guidance that we all um, are connected to. And today we have a very special guest, uh, my colleague and great friend, Jenny Chase, who is a spiritualist, a, an amazing uh, fashion designer, and uh, who lives in Venice Beach, California. So welcome. Welcome to the show, Jenny. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. It's a pleasure. Now, I thought of you for this show because I know that you have done extensive spiritual work. So even though you're a fashion designer, it's kind of like your other half is really in the spiritual world, meaning that you've studied with great masters, teachers, you've traveled the world in, let's say, uh, searching for enlightenment, for lack of a better word, and personal development. I mean, you're like the go-to person for this. Um, how did you, let's just jump into this. How, what sparked you to start that spiritual journey? It's, it's such a crazy, crazy story. But when I was 19, I had a terrible car accident um, in college. And I, I think it was the, it was broad daylight and you know, I wasn't under the influence of anything. I was driving to a storage area and something fell in the back seat of my car and I turned around and my steering wheel turned into another car on a highway. And oh. um, it was terrible. Nobody died. Nobody was very hurt. However, it was the first time that I really thought about death and and just thought about like, we're all going to die. Holy shit. Like, why didn't I think of this before? Yeah. And I remember coming back to Los Angeles to see a chiropractor in Malibu. And I, because my back was a little bit injured, because like had mm. chronic back injuries for my whole life. But anyway, um, he said, and we ended up speaking about death most of the time. And he said, you know, if you really want to learn more about it, try calling like spiritually calling somebody in your mind every day asking for somebody to come and speak to you about this so I did like maybe a week and one day I went to my mother's like business partner's party and her long-lost sister who was living in India came to visit and was there and I remember she was wearing all white and had these like ocean blue eyes and I remember just going and sitting next to her and I was kind of hypnotized the whole party and she was telling me this crazy story about how when she was 19 she moved to Spain to meditate with a bunch of hippies in Formentera then went to go stay with Salvador Dali met all of these hippies at his house and they all ended up driving together to India in like a VW bus and when they got there, they all like dispersed and went, you know, their separate ways. And she ended up, you know, staying with Maharishi, with Neem Karoli Baba, with Anandamay Ma, um, with Mudgananda, with uh, Shivananda's like Akanananda, you know, all of the famous um, gurus of India. She knew them all. And I was so drawn to her and so I went in one month I just when I was 19 I was like I'm going to India and I went to go visit her um we actually like met the Dalai Lama like 
you know, in Dharamsala, like went to his house. <laughs> wow. but, you know, this was prior to cell phones and this was, you know, prior to the internet. So like there was no, we had no idea when any of this was happening. And there was one day a year that he was seeing international visitors. And I started to realize that there was some sort of fate involved in this. Mm. And I went to go um, meditate with the Dalai Lama's doctor I went to hear Dalai Lama's teacher speak and his teacher was like a four-year-old boy who was like standing on a stage in front of like a hundred people speaking to all of them in their native language and like answering questions. And I started to think like, you know, it's just so unimaginable that a four-year-old child could behave that way. And that I had this overwhelming feeling of stillness, like, in Dharamsala where the Dalai Lama lived. And it was kind of my beginning. You know, then then I actually went to stay with a Swami friend of hers who lived in the Himalayas. And, you know, he it turns out he was the closest person to Ananda Nema. And she's just, he kept saying, it's strange that you're here. Like it's meaningful that you came here alone at 19. You realize that, right? And I was like, okay, <laughs> no, I didn't know what to say. But I think after that, I kind of just went on with my life. Like, you know, I practiced yoga here and there, but I got married, had kids, like started this business, you know, it was just working, 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 working. And then, you know, I met the next teacher, like had this, you know, Kundalini moment. And then it's just, it's always, like maybe every 10 years, like something happens and each one builds on the next. And it's like, remember, Jenny, this is like why you're here and who you are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's kind of how it all started. And it's, it feels like an incredible um, blessing. Like I, I feel blessed to have had this experience and to be connected with these people. They're, they feel like my soul family. And I call her my spiritual mother. But I think that it's such an interesting time right now in the world and, you know, where we kind of like, you know, when we're children, we look to our parents as these authority figures, these people of power. And as we get older, we realize they're just the same as us, perhaps more flawed, you know, <laughs> or mm -hmm. perhaps the same, you know, mm -hmm. but they're just, they're just humans. And it's kind of like that in, you know, where we trust these leaders of these countries, like the Palestinian people are trusting, you know, their Hamas and the Israeli people are trusting Netanyahu, you, Netanyahu. Mm -hmm. and like, do you know what I mean? Like, we're mm -hmm. all trusting these people of power, but all of these people are following swamis, they're trusting them. But once you develop, you realize that you're just the same as they are no better, no worse. So why are you giving, why are we listening to them? Why are we following what they have to say? I guarantee like 90% of the people in Israel and in Palestine do not want to be having these wars. They want yeah. to go on with their lives. They don't want to be living in bomb shelters, like terrified if they're going to wake up in the morning. How is that any kind of yeah. life? But similarly, like, you know, there's all these issues with Osho and Muji and all of these different like spiritual teachers and all of these stories of you know 
men and women, you know, being subjugated by um, these different gurus until you realize that you don't need another person in front of yourself. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To give you guidance, you know, you can take some like, some lessons here and there, but nobody's above another person. If they're in the human body, we all have the ability to have that connection internally. We don't need someone else. Yes. Putting someone else in front of yourself is missing the point of spiritual practice. Yeah. Any, no, I, any priest, any, you know, um, like yeah. that stuff. yes 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 no I totally I agree with you but it's interesting because your story is pretty remarkable really when it comes to someone's spiritual journey you know having been around the people you've been around is not normal for the normal you know average day Joe that has an awakening they don't get to sit with the Dalai Lama you know so you had that experience and it's interesting because today's yeah continue to have that experience which Mm -hmm. it's feels like a blessing. But all I can say is that everybody, every single one of us mm-hmm. has the ability to have that connection internally. We don't need to be meeting all of these people and having these experiences with all of these people. Mm-hmm. We can have that connection internally. We can have this awaken, awakening internally. So I just... But you do know, you feel that, um, you know... If you hadn't, right, let's say you got in that car accident, you were shaken up and you felt, oh, you know, it, it, it deepened your sensationalism towards death. It deepened your maybe your self-love. You want to look inward, do some like EIS and self-study. You know, if you just did it on your own and you were like, I'm just going to do this on my own. And you could, you could have picked up the books that these gurus wrote, right? You could have watched, uh, but there was no YouTube then, but you know, I don't know, but you could have done different things, but you got the chance like to have these one-on-one experiences. Do you feel that, because I do feel this, let me rephrase that, that like, I do feel like the teachers appear when you need them. And I know my own spiritual journey, like the gurus that I met, um, they did help open up something. Like I felt that, they opened up the channel to be able to receive that information internally, right? It's not them. It's you. Okay. You you manifest the teacher when your karma is ready to have this experience, but it's not them. Your body is just, you remember... I always think about this. It's so weird. I, this movie had like a profound effect on me and I can't even remember the name of the movie, but it's with Jodie Foster and she goes to this like other planet. Do you remember oh, this? Contact. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Contact. I remember that movie. It's like seven hours. Right. Was that it? Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't, I don't remember the name of it, but she goes to this other planet, right? And when she's on the other planet, they manifest a scene for her on a beach like with a beautiful ocean with this ocean view because they know that that's going to make her feel comfortable similarly we manifest this person outside of ourselves to be like oh let me help you let me show you let me guide you to find yourself what they're saying when they're like let me guide you to find yourself is they're guiding you to find your inner connection to divinity 
Mm-hmm. We, I, you know, divinity is like a bad word, right? It's not, it, it, we tie it to like Catholicism or, you know, it's tied to religion, but it's not religion that we're talking about when we say divinity where it's oneness. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. samadhi. It's this breathless, weightless state where you're not connect. You have no reason to feel connected to anything uh, in Maya, in this illusion, in the material plane. So yes, we can manifest them to be here, but you know, don't be mistaken. They're like your parents or like your teachers or like the president, (laughs) you know, they're just human beings who are imperfect, you know, not, not lit, not, they have no way of giving any kind of moral high ground. Mm -hmm. Even the Dalai Lama, even the highest like spiritual guru, these are, they're just people. Mm -hmm. The connection is internal. Yeah. Well, it's like the, the, like the Om Mane Padme Hum, you know, the the jewel is within the lotus. Yeah. It lives inside of you. And, and I totally get that. And I think that, you know, these teachers, if worked with correctly, let's just say that, if looked at correctly, um, could absolutely do that. But I do feel that especially, um, Lately, I'd say in the last 10 years, a lot of these gurus have been called out for sexual assault. A lot of these gurus have been called out for manipulating people, taking money, I mean, driving BMWs. And it does put a a sourness. It sours kind of the whole thing. You know, it's like there's one rotten egg in the bunch. You kind of have to look at all the eggs then. And there were all these Netflix documentaries and Bikram came on, you know, who I just despise, came under attack. And um, and that other, was it Osho? Who was the other? Osho, yeah. Yeah. Who, you know, and I'm sure these people, I believe in my heart, like they're they're truthful to their spirituality and they do have the, they do have the word, but they are human and all humans make mistakes. And I do believe that a lot of Americans and, and Western people do kind of flock to them. And do you believe it's because here in the West, like we do have an obsession with like celebrities and looking up to people you know, we have that, like, I'm going to follow instead of lead. And do you feel like that's how some of these, let's say, gurus or teachers suck people in and take their money and maybe, maybe, I don't want to say abuse them, but take advantage a little bit? You know, it's very interesting, right? Because the only thing that separates us from a so-called, like, spiritual public figure is that they've dedicated their life to finding this connection internally. They have cultivated that connection perhaps more than the average human has. But, you know, that's available to anyone. Anyone can do that through meditation, um, through mantras, you know, mm-hmm. where it gets tricky is that if these mantras are cultivated and then used for manipulation, then, you know, the karmic debt of using something like that for manipulation is like 10 times as bad as any other kind of negative karma. Yeah, I I believe that. I do believe if you uh, are quote unquote spiritual or a teacher and you're true to that, you did study your whole life, you had a calling, but then you, you know, you decide to use that power in a negative way. 
I do believe that that's a, a true quote unquote sin against humanity because you, people look, when people, people who are attracted to spirituality, especially nowadays and just being in this business myself, um, they're vulnerable or lost or looking for something, looking for hope, yeah. looking for something to connect to, you know, looking for a home, a tribe, a family. And, you know, I could see when even clients of mine start to get too dependent, you know, and, and that's when I kind of pull away or I, I kind of, you know, let them figure things out for themselves. Um, but these huge gurus that like they live off money, they need that to fuel their lifestyle. Let's face it. They're not necessarily going to do that. I mean, look at uh, what's his name? The uh, oh my God, I can't think of his name. The guy, he travels the world talking about like positivity, positive vibes. Like you can make yourself, you could do anything. Um, that white guy, it, oh, I can't think of his name. The really like, tall guy. Yeah, yeah, he's huge. Is it uh, Timothy Robbins? Or, yes, no, Tony yes, Robbins. Yes, yes, thank you, Tony yeah. Robbins. I mean, people follow him like he is a saint. And he yeah, charges but, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to sit, you know, sit in his, in these huge, you know, arenas where he talks. Um, he's had his own issues with misogyny, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. And so I think that, is it that anyone, just regardless of what their business is, when they have that, when they feel power, right? Do you feel like that can go to their their heads a little bit? I mean, it's like the antithesis of spiritual practice is is developing a spiritual brand for a public figure, right? It's the actual like antithesis of what spiritual practice is. It's yeah. supposed to be the dissolution of the ego, not the development of the ego. So you look at like different spiritual teachers who have done this well, like Eckhart Tolle, mm-hmm. very humble here to just give messages, you know, not to be attached to anything, just to spread light peace, positivity, joy. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah. not it, for followers, right? Yes. And I, like Eckhart Tolle for me is like Ernest Holmes, or like new thought, you know, uh, metaphysics. Um, these gurus are more what tantric or they're more in like Hindi, they're, they're based on, you know, uh, Indian religion, Hindi, right? I mean, that's really where they, they sit or yogic Eckhart. tradition. No, yeah, just like, like no. no, like Osho and these these o- uh, Osho, they they don't subscribe to any religion, right? Because the at the core of Hinduism is all religions are just rivers that lead to the same ocean, right? So um, it's all accepting of all religions, but what they do use are mantras, mm-hmm. and mantras are powerful because unlike any other language. Hinduism, I'm I'm sorry, Sanskrit, each syllable holds a vibration. Mm -hmm. These vibrations are supposed to increase enlightenment, right? Increase Mm -hmm. consciousness. So by speaking them or by internally speaking them, you're raising your consciousness. But, you know, they're almost like um, spells in a way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you use these spells for good, like you have good karma, right? You use these spells to help others. It's good karma. You use these spells to manipulate and everything's going to go wrong. 
yeah. everything that you thought you cultivated is going to burn apart. And I witnessed this like firsthand when I was dating this Swami, you know, mm-hmm. you have to be very careful if you're going to mess with self, right? Yeah. Yeah. It comes back tenfold, right? Isn't that, yeah. that, that the, the basic rule, be careful what you do because it will come back to you tenfold. Um, God, and there's be question. careful who you promote, you know, you can see it all with everything political and religious, you know, be careful who you, I mean, just thinking of it in terms of like politics right now, be careful what leader you are promoting. It's just, you have to be conscious of, you know, that everybody is human and has their human flaws. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. No, that's a great, that's great advice. I'm Absolutely. You know, uh, not that we want to talk about Donald Trump or even evoke that name, but um, he became like a cult leader, became cult. It was very bizarre. Like he was some guru. And I think it was shocking for majority of Americans to even witness that, to say, what is going on? Or is it, are people this easily manipulated? Is it just that easy? You just couldn't gaslight and people just will fall right into a trap, um, it, you yeah. know, or whatever it is. It connects to their beliefs, you know. It's, it, in, internally, it lit them up. It did something, right? Um, you talked about dating a Swami. Yeah. So it sounds like you went really, like, headfirst into that world. Um, can you talk about, and I know you're writing a book, Right. And you're, yes. you're, you're going to be documenting that whole experience that you had yes. in that world, both positive and negative. Um, dancing with Shiva. Dancing with Shiva. I love it. Um, why do you say dancing? What do you feel? Was it what, what, what brought well, you to that word with that? Well, Shiva is uh, it's Shiva in the Shiva statues is always dancing on the dwarf of ignorance. Right. So because it's it's kind of like representative of the human body. We have this connection to our consciousness, to oneness, to divinity, but then we're kind of dancing in this Maya, you know, and we're always trying to like, you know, push down this um, ego side of ourselves, this ignorant side of ourselves. So we're trying to like do this dance. But the reason why I called it dancing with Shiva was partly because um, that was, part of his spiritual name, but also because in relationships, we kind of do this dance. And, you know, it, it, the, the relationship itself kind of felt like an initiation, like, you know, you mm-hmm. are an, an initiation into this spiritual realm where there were roadblocks and problems and ego and, you know, but at the top of it, at the height of it was this, incredible connection to divinity and to my spiritual practice and my connection to saints. So Mm. sounds strange. Like it was the most beautiful experience of my life, but with problematic, you know, at the same time in terms of what was happening, like, you know, in Maya. So it was, it was so interesting. But it it was also interesting because I was, you know, kind of detached because I was just dating him. I wasn't like a devotee or anything, but I was watching, just watching what was happening with him in his world, how he was trying to navigate being, you know, a non-Indian person 
self-labeled as an Indian Swami, right? Mm, (laughs) And how he's trying to navigate that world of building ashrams and having this financial support and trying to take care of everyone's feelings. And, you know, not just that, like you said, when you get in front of a spiritual, even self-proclaimed spiritual leader, (laughs) they have all these people around them that are vulnerable. And when you have people who are vulnerable, they start to project everything onto you. So it's also like fascinating to watch. And, you know, I've also been in that position of like being vulnerable in front of a spiritual teacher and, you know, having to like watch my own feelings, you know, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. I'm going through that with that person. So yeah, it was just um, fascinating. Come And then coming out the other end of it, like um, kind of more aware and more dedicated and just um, feeling incredibly empowered. So, mm. you know, it was a part partially negative experience it was just everything which I guess is like life right (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah, no I mean it's interesting because we're talking about these gurus and you had kind of like a inside scoop let's say yeah one in reality and it sounds like to me that there was you know uh a genuine quality there uh but you know, not to delve into it. They're going to have to read the book, Dancing with Shiva, obviously. But there was some abuse and there were some really negative aspects of this relationship that you had to deal with that yeah. I would say maybe triggers, maybe could fall in trauma. And you might be a little traumatized. You're writing a book about it. So you obviously experienced something that you feel the world needs to know. Um, or, you know, and I'm proud of you for doing that, for speaking yeah. up and coming forward. It's important because no matter how good someone is, they can't get away with doing certain things. And and then everyone will pay the price. Like you said, karma, it will come back to you. Yeah. I mean, it's a universal problem, right? Yeah. We just are, are seeing it, you know, everywhere and all over the globe right now. But the, the most, I, I, and I didn't, when the relationship ended, I didn't think, you know, I, I just couldn't believe what happened. I couldn't believe everything that happened it was just the most incredible thing I've ever experienced in my whole life and I couldn't imagine that this was like how I was going to process the whole thing and I remember I went to this spiritual bookstore where actually I met this Swami and it was maybe in like October of 2019 and I just always went to every single workshop that they had at that place because I just I don't know it was like fun for me and you know sparked my interest and you were the um teacher that night and you were giving messages in this psychic group and I remember coming up for the message and you were like you're gonna write a book (laughs) 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 and I was like no and he and you were like oh yes you are and I remember the next day I just like started dictating everything into my phone it's Mm -hmm. been incredibly like useful to me I just um was so interesting so I can't thank you enough no no my my (laughs) pleasure you know again it's like the divine works in very mysterious ways you know and and you know that's actually you hear that can you hear me yes 
Oh, okay. That's actually yeah. what um, was so interesting to me. I started getting messages from everywhere from, you know, just like they'd seat me next to somebody like on the airplane mm. in India who's like, I was channeling the saint and I was seated next to his sister. Like I was mm. seated, you know, with this 110 year old guru on this flight, like all of these like weird. Mm. And then I was getting messages from all of these people all over the place. So it's, it's incredibly helpful. This, these messages with these intuitive people, like it's been helpful um, to me actually as like guides, right. Not like mm-hmm. following anybody, but just kind yeah. of, um, Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I think that we all on a spiritual journey need some type of guide. You know, I think that it, even if it's, you know, wow, I feel alone in this journey. Are there other people like me out there? You know, I have, and meeting people who are like-minded, whether it's a teacher or another student in a class, it feels good. It feels like you find this place of belonging. And I, I feel that, you know, I don't like the word guru, but any teacher or vessel um, that will work with a student, you know, there's that kind of like, I'm just sharing with you. Like when I work with people, it's like, I'm sharing what I know and what I yeah. channel. You could do whatever you wish to do with it. I'm not a part of your enlightenment, but maybe I could spark something within you that will bring you to a higher place. You know, it's like, that's yeah. my hope. That's my hope. And I feel like you now um, have that. That's okay. I don't. I just feel like. <laughs> oh, they hear you. They hear you. They just gave you yeah. a message in their own language. <laughs> um, you now could do that for other people. You yeah. know, like you can help other people now with, with your connection. Um, I think that's beautiful. So I'm excited to read your book yes. eventually. I'm excited <laughs> yes. to see where that's going to go. Um, and I'm sure we'll keep all the listeners updated when this will be released, when we can expect it on the shelves. Yeah. Um, but I would like to maybe turn the tables a little bit right now to just a, to, to talk about, you know, we talked about not getting sucked into these teachers and gurus. Don't look at them as the end all be all to your spiritual practice. How then, or what do you think are the best ways, let's say for our listeners that are listening to this and are like, oh my gosh, like, I want to be like Jenny. I want to be able to do that. Um, but I feel like I don't know enough, right? I can't do that. Or it's just out of my realm of, of capabilities. How can you guide someone in evoking their own guru, in connecting to that own, their own intuition? I have to say, and you know, this is like, people might not like this answer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) it takes work and it takes dedication, Mm -hmm. but meditation, meditation, meditation. And it honestly takes a dedicated practice because when you start, you know, and, and also like, you don't judge yourself when you're having, when you're starting out with meditation. Oh, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I don't have time. I'm not good at it. You know, I'm not a spiritual person. (laughs) You can use every excuse, right? Yeah. But you have, everybody has five minutes in the morning or five minutes in the evening or, you know, before they go to bed, like this is, anybody can have that time and you're going to, you can even, when I started meditating regularly, I started listening to like 
you know, some, because we can all listen to some kind of sound and it makes us like relax, right? Or it, at least it doesn't sound like just silence, right? Mm. So you can um, use like noise canceling headphones and listen to rain. You're not going to listen to music because that is going to lead you into like you can expect what comes next in music and that's going to be the antithesis of like a meditation practice. Right. So it would be better to, or more effective to listen to something that's just like, you know, ambient or doesn't have like a melody, Mm -hmm. nothing where you can expect like a beginning and an end to the song. So just something ambient and you can just sit still when you're, when you're starting to do this, it's complicated because um, you're going to have lots of thoughts, right? And you're going to yeah. start getting attached to these thoughts. And, you know, eventually it can feel frustrating because you're like, why can't I just shut myself up? Like, I should yeah. want this, like, peace. But you can just imagine that the thoughts are like, you know, on a train that are going from one side of your head to the other side of your head. And you notice when they're, on trains that they have like different cars and then they might have an empty platform and then another car and then an empty platform. And you're just going to imagine that these thoughts that you're having are like, you can lock them into one of those cargo trains. So you're not going to attach to the thought. You're just going to kind of watch it pass by, not judge Mm -hmm. the thought. Everybody's going to have a thought in the beginning. And some people are going to have a million Mm -hmm. thoughts. So you're Mm -hmm. just kind of like, watching them, watching them, watching them. And then, oh my God, an empty platform. And you can just relax for a second. And then there's another thought and put it back on the train, (laughs) you know, and Mm -hmm. eventually these platforms on the train that are just empty become longer and longer. And these parts, of the meditation become more deeply meditative to the point where now eventually you get to a place where the whole train is just empty and you can be like, well, maybe I want to think about this for a second and see how to solve this problem. And then you kind of just watch it pass or, you know, Hmm. instead you're instructing your mind instead of the incessant problem thinking that's going through your mind, you're going to instruct it. I want to think about this. Mm. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So, but the point is, you know, try that just like five minutes, always at the same time, always in the same place. But you know what? If it's not in the same place and not at the same time, do it anyway. (laughs) But be dedicated with that period of time that you're doing that. That's the most, and and make it consistent. You know, try not to miss a day. And eventually it becomes a place where it's almost the, feels the best of anything that's going on because actually it's your connection to yourself and everything else can feel turbulent around you, but that connection is always safe and still. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, eventually Mm -hmm. that leads to, perhaps mantras, you know, perhaps mm-hmm. just the simple Om Namah Shivaya, you know, which I've been saying since I was yeah, my favorite. 19, yeah, 19 years old. So like 
whatever, whatever it is, just, you know, where you can focus on your breath. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a million different meditation techniques um, that you can do to, to get into the groove of it until you find what works for you, your own kind of pattern. I know with meditating for me, um, it was never meditation. It was always, um, I would just go on these journeys and it seemed really quick to connect, you know? Um, yeah. And I remember one day specifically, I was having a hard time of it. Like, you know, I was going through some emotional things and I was like, you know, I need to meditate. I need to go into meditation, figure this out, just like you said. And I went in with an intention. You know, I want to figure this out. I want, what, where is this sadness? Why do I have this be within me? Where is this coming from? And I asked for guidance, you know, asked for that guidance. And I'll never forget. And it will always stay with me because I, it just wasn't something that I conjured up or thought of. It was something that just was impressed in my mind, something that came in, not something that I thought of. Um, I saw uh, the face and body of Jesus. Um, And literally, and I'm not a Jesus person, you know, I'm I'm spiritual, I'm not religious. And when that happened, my entire body just like bowed forward. Like I felt like I just couldn't sit, sit up anymore. Like I just like, like went to this collapsed place. And I remember like, then coming out of it and being like, did that just happen? Like, was that like Jesus or is that like something else? Um, and I just remember the message was not a message. It was a feeling. And the feeling was just like, just love, like love in its purest form. Mm-hmm. And I believe Jesus was an ascended master, you know, as, as like the Buddha and many others. And that was my experience where, the guru that I needed at that time appeared, but in inside myself, you know, and it was more profound than any, any time that I spent sitting with any human being, you know? And so I get, I get you, I get what you're saying. And I understand that when you do get to that place and something like that happens, it's, it could be life-changing, right? I I do believe it. A hundred percent. They're there to support us. So the other thing I just wanted to say is the other thing that can, and I know Faith would say this also, Mm -hmm. um, because she's so into that, but when you purify your um, body, it's easier to connect also. So being conscious of what we're eating and putting inside Mm -hmm. of our body also is, um, can help us connect. But uh, again, like, yeah, no, no judgment to anybody, like do what makes you happy, but it, it can also facilitate it. Yeah. Water. For me, yeah. I need lots of water, be very hydrated. Um, I feel like, you know, meditation is a scary word for people. Most people feel they don't have time <laughs> for it. They just believe they don't have time for it, but then they also don't have time for themselves. And you're right in that if you really do want to connect to that inner guru in that inner guidance, you have to go inward, man. Like you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable for a long time until you get comfortable there. There's no other way. It's not just going to happen. And, and it, it didn't just happen with us. And we both yeah. have, have been in this world. You know, it was dedication and practice and, and spiritual awakening can feel like suffocating at times. People yeah. always think like, oh, you have this spiritual awakening. You like, you know, riding on a unicorn and you're, you know, I'm like, <laughs> no, a lot of times you're, 
you're going through something uh, major, you know, emotionally, there's a lot happening when you have an awakening and it could be like a death, you know, if you almost feel like the death of something, but the beginning of something else, um, yeah. you know, and so I agree with you that it's work. And, and I think the problem is that we're in this society that's so much that that's the mentality is I want it now. I want this now. I want to do it now. I want to do it now. You know, you can, everything is faster. And that maybe for some people, you can't, and, you can't buy it. Yes. You can't <laughs> buy it. And maybe putting all your eggs in the basket of a guru is for, for people like maybe an easier way in or, or they can spiritual yeah. bypass. They can get that. And, um, and look, I believe, I think when I started, I probably did the same thing, you know, um, and, and it's okay out there if someone's listening, right. And they're like, Oh shit. Like I, <laughs> I yeah. did that. totally cool. There's no judgment here. It's saying that yeah. like, the journey is to then bypass that to, to go to the next, the next level. And so absolutely, I want to talk about like where you are now, uh, you know, in your own personal spiritual journey, uh, where are you now? And because it's, you know, just by talking to you, I'm like, whoa, you know, you, you are a progressed soul. It sounds like you have done so much spiritual work and you just not only understand these concepts, but you live them and they're just a part of you. And so you are a great teacher. You are someone that someone can sit with and really learn a lot from, you know, uh, as far as your own spiritual journey, where do you want to go with it? So what's the next step for you? Let's say we have the book, right? So there's that, like you're definitely guided to do that. But your inner journey, where would you like to go? Or, you know? I mean, I, to be honest, my, I mean, my heart is always in India. So mm -hmm. I, I can't wait to go back. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like, what they, when you go to these spiritual centers um, in India, you know, there's ever, only vegetarians for like miles around each of the ashrams. And, but aside from that, which doesn't matter, there is this air of like meditation, like you, it feels so easy and effortless to just slip in because everybody's mindset is like in a meditative state. There's, you know, nobody, there's no partying or drinking or just like there just isn't because everybody's coming there to meditate. And you yourself have said it. You remember like when you do these circles, you're like everyone who's here is helping to raise the consciousness so we can get messages like for each other is similarly all of these people in these spiritual centers, thousands and thousands, hundreds and thousands of people are all there for the sole purpose to meditate. So it raises the vibration of the whole place. Like we don't have that in the United States. We don't, because we don't give so much um, value to that here. We don't really see the value in that. We see the value in celebrity or, you know, in, power or money but we don't see the value in meditation so and developing this mm -hmm. um, connection to your own consciousness so it's it's um it I think I think for me maybe I'll just continue to write books about it <laughs> I mm -hmm. 
I don't know, to be honest. I'm doing some amazing charity projects in India, which I'm so excited about. I'm oh, actually great. wearing one of them right now. Um, this is a, a collection called Blessed. And um, I'm close with this 110-year-old Swami who lives in the most revered spiritual center of India called Shirdi, and uh, where it's the home of the late great um, Saint Shirdi Sai Baba, who died like 100 years ago. But this saint is um, 110 and has a school of 10,000 students. And, you know, uh, he also has an ashram and a hospital. And um, But he just sits in meditation all day long. And sometimes he takes children off the streets and, and um, sponsors them at the school because it's a boarding school also. So this, and in turn, um, this company, beautiful company from um, Delhi that does like incredible work. She was just nominated for best Italian, best new designer from Italian Vogue. Wow. But we did this um, project together called Blessed, where we give a portion of the proceeds of the sales of this brand to um, children in the school. And in turn, he blesses the collection, which is just an incredible concept because when you go to these um, swamis, they give you prasad, right? You can feel it. It's like an energetic, um, it's a, an energetic blessing. Like you have this like incredible sense of peace that like comes over you. Similarly, when you channel these saints, like probably what you were describing when you um, felt Jesus and this overwhelming feeling of love. So they can give you this prasad, this blessing in the form of food or clothing. And so he's um, doing it with the clothing, like you're blessed when you're wearing the clothing, which is kind of like an interesting concept. But, you know, I want to do more of these projects, more of these charity projects mm. and perhaps write more books and, and maybe teach about meditation. Mm. I don't know. Uh, I think that it's beautiful because, uh, you know, you are first of all, blending your two passions into one. I think that yeah. is just, that's just the most amazing present life can give you when you can use all your passions in one kind of arena. I think it's, you know, when it all comes together, like beautifully like that, I think that's really like your purpose is totally like open and clear and clean. Um, and it's interesting when I asked you what's next to your spiritual journey and your inward journey, you kind of uh, yeah. went outward. Sorry. I know, but no, 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 no. It's, 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 that's kind of the best answer because isn't that the next step then to bring it yeah. outward, right? To well, bring I'm, it outward. I'm never, I'm never going to stop my internal like journey. Like my meditation practice is the most um, important thing to me. If I, if I don't do that, I don't feel good. Like mm -hmm. it's actually, I feel off. So there's, there's no stopping me from that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I do think that spreading this, um, you know, joy and love and kindness and peace is what the world needs right now. Mm. So for everyone, right? Everyone, yeah. we all need to be doing this. Yeah. There's so much divisiveness mm -hmm. in the world right now and picking sides and inciting anger and violence, you know, can feel so tempting. But I think what needs to happen is just spreading joy and love. Yeah. And we all can do that at any level, yeah. wherever we are. It doesn't matter if you're spiritual, not spiritual. 
religious scientists, if you are doing that, you are, you're living it. And I think that's, to me, uh, the purpose, you live it, you, you, you walk the walk, you don't just talk the talk, you know, and, and we have so many of these gurus and so many uh, of these saints and ascended masters that that's what they did. They, they walked the walk. They, they didn't just talk about it. They, they changed the world. They changed our surroundings. Um, and we can learn so much from all of them, past, present, and future. You know, we don't want to get into the aliens that come and visit, but you know, that's a whole other echelon of spiritual energy, but we're the teachers are everywhere. But in, in the end, you are correct. It is something that we, we are meant to do on our own and to find because I've learned that no one can push someone into healing. No one can push someone into that state. You really have to want it and find it yourself when you're ready, when it's time. Uh, and Absolutely. you don't, and you don't know when that time is necessarily. You just have to let go and allow. And that's hard for many people, especially in this country, to just kind of let go and allow things. Um, but I do believe because of people like you and, you know, bringing, you know, spirituality into the mainstream. And let's say fashion is as mainstream as you get, like fashion just, you know, it's pretty mainstream. Blending the two is powerful because you're, you're reaching people that maybe normally wouldn't have that message. So thank you for doing that. Um, where can a listener maybe buy, so this, this blessed, um, is mm-hmm. it something that someone can go online and purchase? How, how would someone, uh, Help you know, right, right now we we have done a beautiful home collection also and mm-hmm. clothing and um, it's at this beautiful store um, in Santa Monica on Main Street and in Hollywood. Um, I don't know the name of the street in Hollywood, but it's a beautiful mm-hmm. men's and women's and home store called Lost and Found. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So, so blessed to be um in there, literally. <laughs> um, and then, you know, it's just the beginning. There's also an amazing yeah. store in Santa Barbara that has like a whole compound in Montecito called Wendy Foster, which have been just mm-hmm. beautiful, valued customers of mine since um, I started in fashion. And mm-hmm. she has um, an incredible store and they have it. So, yeah, Great. I, yeah, it's, um, it's so much fun. I think, and, you know, I also have to say that um, there's so much stress and anxiety in the world right now, like with everything that's going on and, you know, exercising or moving our bodies, dancing, Mm -hmm. like clears energy also. So it's another way to like preserve, you know, mind body connection and meditation like easier. Yes. (laughs) And I'm not going to embarrass you, but you do have a TikTok where you, (laughs) which I know TikTok is, it's like addictive and I love it too. But where on your TikTok, it's like, you would think that, oh, you know, Jenny Chase, this one we're talking to, we think if you have a TikTok, you'd be talking about spirituality or stuff, but no, you're dancing to like Jay-Z and Mariah Carey. And that's what I love about it because it's so Mm. important to do that. It's so yeah. important to also acknowledge the other loves you have in your life. And that is spirit. Spirit lives in everything. Yeah. And I, I love that you do that because um, I'm sure it's very healing. <laughs> it's very healing. Dancing is very healing. So yeah. And it's, you know, so joyful and just watching all of these people dance is so joyful. So, you know, yeah. spreading joy, spreading love, like yeah. spreading peace, 
it is definitely what the world needs right now. Yeah, it's a good vibe. We all need to light up, shed some illumination onto each other specifically. Yeah. And I think as we're coming out of COVID now, you know, I'm hoping that people are going to be less hostile with each other, you know, uh, no matter what side <laughs> you're on and maybe things can start to, I don't know, you know, find a new balance. Um, and that's what I'm hoping. And, you know, I'm going to do another podcast next week about like, you know, spiritual shit you should have learned or, or you know, during COVID and how to kind of walk out of COVID with these, with this new information, you know, um, that's a whole other thing, but I know COVID just for myself, I, I had a completely different person now, you know, from, from what, so it really did have profound effects on me, um, in a lot of negative ways, a lot of realization that I didn't want to have, or, or, you know, it had to happen, but it was shocking. So, um, so we do need it. We need that. So Santa Monica, uh, lost and found, you can go there. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the line is blessed, right? So I wish you stop in there and see it as well. Yeah. And, then maybe, and then maybe one day you and I will travel to India and you'll be able to, uh, show me all these beautiful places. Oh my God. We should plan a retreat. I'm thinking the next time to go to Pondicherry, which is the home of um, Yogananda and uh, Vivekananda and I just or Mount Aranchala in Tiruvannamalai which is the home of Ramana Maharshi so either <laughs> places like <laughs> sign me up because I, I'm sure we all have the travel bug right now too yeah and, and traveling to these places um, I do feel has been an integral part of my spiritual awakening, you know, my God, James, so, let's so, do it. Let's do it. Yeah. No, I'm okay. serious. I know we're on the podcast <laughs> right now, but I'm like, no, we really should, because I think I need, I I'm connected to that. And I love you so much. And I think you're oh, an amazing you person. Too. And I'm so glad that we, we you met. Too. I'm so my glad God. that we met. Yes. It's been a me blessing too. and you're my teacher. I learned so much from you you know, and I think that's the way it is. We teach each other. So yes. have a wonderful rest of your day. I know you're so busy with your, your, your work and your clothing and have a lot to do today. So I'll let you get back to that, but thank you for taking the time out to sitting for, uh, to sit with me today. I think it was really, really wonderful. Um, really quickly, how can someone find you? Do you have an Instagram, um, that you want to just kind of give a shout out to? Yes. Oh my gosh. Sorry. My dog again. He has an Instagram, which he wants to give a shout out. Yes. It's my, it's my Instagram for my fashion business is at Jenny Chase showroom. Um, the, the blessed Instagram is at the blessed brand. And then the book Instagram is at dancing with Shiva. Awesome. It might be at, at dancing with Shiva book or something. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I will, I'll put all that in the notes so someone can see it and we can get in contact with you if they wish to. Awesome. Many blessings. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. You too. (laughs) Bye.